Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. This was a catastrophic hurricane. The feds are promising massive amounts of aid for victims of back-to-back hurricanes. Fiona N. Ian ahead of November's midterms. New flooding from Ian as rivers and other tributaries overflow their banks. Funeral services this week for a beloved FDNY EMT lieutenant killed in an unprovoked attack. Ukraine's made a fast-track application for NATO membership after Russia in a sham election annexed four areas of Ukraine. NFL quarterback turned broadcaster Terry Bradshaw reveals on air Sunday that he is a two-time cancer survivor. U.S. officials say they are vowing to unleash a massive amount of federal aid in response to Hurricane Ian and Fiona. The death toll Sunday climbed to 90, 83 in Florida, 4 in North Carolina, 3 in Cuba from these two hurricanes. Federal Emergency Management Agency Director is Deanne Criswell. She said Sunday that the government is ready to provide help. Here's Criswell on ABC News. This was a catastrophic hurricane, John, which we knew was going to have devastating impacts and widespread impacts. The storm itself was fairly unpredictable in the days leading up to landfall. Uh, Just 72 hours before landfall, the Fort Myers and Lee County area were not even in the cone of the hurricane. Nearly 720,000 homes and businesses in Florida still without electricity Sunday down from 2.6 million. Additional flooding is continuing in Ian's aftermath as rivers and other waterways further inland overflow their banks in the aftermath of the hurricane, a cap four. A certain warning about looting in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis sent a strong message to those who dare to take advantage of hurricane victims. The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is, you know, we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, Don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. Seminole County officials warned residents this past week and that flooding could continue for several days, particularly in areas near the St. John's River and its tributaries. At least 1,200 residents there have been affected by the flooding or other damage from Ian. Funeral services are planned this week for the beloved EMT lieutenant stabbed to death during a random attack Thursday outside of her Astoria, Queens workplace. The New York Yankees held a moment of silence for Ellison Russo Elling before Sunday's game. Former New York Governor David Patterson was on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. Well, it's horrifying, and more of that is going to happen unless there are some real changes in some of the procedures that we are uh, using right here in this city and in other cities around the country, but this is happening as well. 
The viewing will be held today and tomorrow, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Comac Abbey Funeral Home out in Comac, New York. Russo Ellings Funeral is scheduled to be held at the Tillis Center at 720 Northern Boulevard in Brookville, New York, on Wednesday at 11 a.m. 34-year-old Peter Zisopoulos is charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon. In the EMT's stabbing death, Russo Elling was a nearly 25-year veteran of the city's fire department, among the first responders to the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. The heads of nine Central and Eastern European NATO members issued a joint statement backing a path to membership for Ukraine in the U.S.-led Security Alliance. They also called on all 30 NATO nations to ramp up military aid for Kiev. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky made a surprise move Friday to apply for fast-track NATO membership in response to Russia's annexation of four regions of Ukraine. Here's NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg on NBC News. The best way to respond is to do exactly what uh, we do now, uh, and not least the United States, uh, demonstrating leadership in providing support to Ukraine. Uh, And we will continue to support Ukraine uh, with military uh, equipment, economic, financial uh, support. NATO membership membership needs approval from all 30 members, and Ukraine is unlikely to join anytime soon, being a country already at war with complications uh, at uh, involving that request. The nine NATO countries in Central and Eastern Europe are fearful, though, that Russia could target them next if it isn't stopped in Ukraine, which urged a response to the annexation. Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw says he has been treated for two forms of cancer during the past year. The 74-year-old Bradshaw said on Fox NFL Sunday that he was treated for bladder cancer and also a rare tumor in his neck. Bradshaw says, though, he is now cancer-free and feeling great. Folks, I may not look like my old self, but I feel like my old self. I'm cancer-free. I'm feeling great. And over time, I'm going to be back to where I normally am. So I appreciate your prayers and your concern. Bradshaw played his entire career from 1970 to 1983 with the Pittsburgh Steelers and won four Super Bowls. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will travel to Puerto Rico and Florida this week to survey damage from hurricanes. Fiona, of course, a Category 1 and Hurricane Ian, a Cap 4. The White House announced the Bidens will head to Puerto Rico today, Florida, on Wednesday. Here's Biden last week. And while we're seeing the devastating images in Florida, I want to be clear. To the people of Puerto Rico, we're not gone away. I am committed to you and the recovery of the island. We'll stand by you for however long it takes to get it done. Meanwhile, VP Kamala Harris caused quite a stir Friday after she said the administration would take equity into account when dividing up disaster relief monies in the hurricane's aftermath. Is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. Harris made the comment during the Democratic National Committee's Women's Leadership Forum and uh, sparking criticism regarding her comments. Former President Donald Trump rallied against New York Attorney General Letitia James at a Michigan rally Saturday, accusing her of being racist. Trump's wrath follows a $250 million lawsuit from the AG's office, accusing the Trump Organization of fraud. 
Trump, who has dismissed the suit as a witch hunt, blasted James for going after his company while violent crime surges here in New York City at the rally at the Macomb Community College in Warren. She's terrible on crime unless it's Donald Trump we can get in some form. But then they sued me and even though there was no victim, you know, there's no victim. She was trying to protect banks, but the banks got paid. They never even defaulted. They were... The fact is, I made a lot of money. We have a lot of cash. We have a great company. I pay off the banks. The ex-president also mocked James for her short-lived gubernatorial campaign last year. James would have faced Governor Kathy Hochul, but instead backed out of that race and sought a second term as AG. The $250 million lawsuit was filed on September 21st. It accuses the Trump Organization of vast fraud for allegedly falsely inflating his net worth by manipulating the value of some of his prized assets. Well, could Hillary Clinton be positioning herself for yet another White House run? 77 WABC host Dick Morris said in a new interview that Clinton is dusting off her husband's playbook by criticizing the Biden administration's open borders policy to put herself in place to mount a 2024 presidential run. Morris was on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis. Hillary, a week ago, a week before, that Americans do not believe in open borders. And these are all signals that she's going to be the moderate candidate for president. She's going to say after the election, see, the left cost us the House and the Senate. And if we stay with the left-wing candidate in 24, we're going to lose the White House. Also, a former aide to President Bill Clinton said Hillary is setting herself up to enter the race as a moderate choice for Democrats in two years for what could be her third shot at the White House. Clinton, you might remember, ran back in 2008, but lost the nomination to former President Barack Obama and the 2016 presidential election to Donald Trump. Well, new poll out on Sunday finds Democratic support among potential Latino voters has been consistently slipping. Asked which party they want to control Congress after November's midterm elections, 54 percent of Latino voters said Democrats and 33 percent said Republicans, giving Democrats a 21 point edge. This is a new NBC News Telemundo poll. But Democrats edge has been consistently slipping from a 26 point lead in October 2020, a 34 point lead in October 2016 and a 42 point lead in October of 2012. Here's what one Latino in Texas voter told MSNBC. We were already conservatives. We were already with conservative values, it just nobody noticed. They took us for granted. The party, the Democratic Party, left me. I didn't leave. And the survey is out less than six weeks from the November elections. It also found that Latinos are split on President Biden with 51% approving of his job performance and 45% disapproving. Most members of a high school volleyball team in Vermont have been barred from their own locker room. This ban follows a dust-up with a transgender athlete whose name is not being made public, according to reports. Blake Allen, who plays for the Randolph Union High School girls volleyball team, told WCAX how uncomfortable it makes her feel. It's a huge thing. Everyone's asking, like, so why aren't you allowed in the locker room? Like Biological boys that go in the girls' bathroom, but never a locker room situation. The athlete allegedly made an inappropriate remark to other players who then complained, according to WCAX, and some team members want the transgender player relocated. However, 
Vermont state law means that students can play sports and use the locker or restroom, which corresponds to the gender they identify with. 77 WABC News Time 515. And that means it's time to head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. How about those Jets and Giants? Both New York football teams came away with big W's yesterday in their Week 4 contest. We'll start with the G-Men who pulled out the 20-12 to win at MetLife over the Chicago Bears. Daniel Jones was quick on his feet in the first half, racking up two rushing touchdowns. And Saquon Barkley was the horse the Giants needed with a 146-yard rushing effort on his part. Chicago had a chance late, but punt returner Vilas Jones Jr. did New York a huge solid with his butterfingers. Wow. Like that. Drives Vilas Jones back inside the 35. He lost it. It's loose. And the Giants got it. A special teams play, not necessarily from Gillen. Gary Brightwell recovers this Valus Jones fumble. That call courtesy of Fox. The Giants move to 3-1 and one on the year. Good for a tied second place in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys. They'll make the trip to Green Bay in Week 5 to take on the Packers on Sunday night. As for the Jets, quarterback Zach Wilson made his triumphant return and route to a 24-20 win over the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Down three late in the fourth quarter, Wilson led New York on a, York on a 10-play, 65-yard scoring drive to snatch, snatch victory from the hands of defeat. Running back Brees Hall registered the game-winning score, just barely breaking the plane on what was initially ruled a fumble by the Zebras, but a touchdown nonetheless. The Jets moved to an impressive 2-2 two and two on the season and get set to welcome in the Miami Dolphins for their Week 5 matchup on Sunday afternoon. And now out to the Diamond, and it was a rough weekend for uh, the Mets. Heading into the weekend, New York was a game up on the Atlanta Braves in the NL East Divisional Race, but after last night's 5-3 to three loss, capped off by a clean sweep by the Braves over the weekend, the Mets now sit two games back of the division crown and are now just one loss or an Atlanta win away from surrendering the division for a good, which is three games remaining at home against the lowly Nationals. The Mets are primed to win out and give themselves one last shot at stealing this thing. They'll get that campaign underway tonight at 7-10. Carlos Carrasco going up against Washington's Corey Abbott. And as for the Yankees, they suffer a 3-1 loss at the hands of the Orioles yesterday. The important news being that Aaron Judge did not homer to break Roger Maris' single-season mark of 61 dingers. He'll give it another shot tonight in Arlington against the Texas Rangers as the Yanks open up their final regular season series there. Luis Severino will take the hill for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch going up against Texas's Mark Martin Perez. Uh, for more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. A battered market limping into a new month. Key economic reports this week. OPEC deciding on October crude oil production. Wall Street is coming off a losing month. In fact, the market's worst month since June and worst September since 2008. Stocks suffering as the Federal Reserve continues its aggressive action against inflation. Meanwhile, interest rate hikes aren't doing much to tamp down prices. Core inflation up almost 5% from a year ago in August. Several key economic reports will give a clearer picture of the state of the economy this week. Little change for Cast with Tuesday's job openings and labor turnover survey. July's report showed job openings at 11.2 million. That's roughly two jobs for every unemployed person. September's non-farm payrolls and unemployment numbers are due out Friday. The unemployment rate rose to 3.7% in August from 35 in July. The labor market remains tight in spite of the Fed's aggressive interest rate hikes. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil coming off its first weekly gain in five weeks. OPEC is expected to cut crude oil production when it meets Wednesday. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
right, checking futures this morning. The down, the red down 18 points at 28,785. The S&P's dropped 12. The NASDAQ down 83 and a quarter points. Gold down $1.70 an ounce at $1,670.30. As for crude oil, up $3.71 a barrel at $83.20. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, the party life in New Jersey apparently keeping some New Yorkers up at night. 77 WABC's Bob Brown explains. Loud music from boom parties and warehouses in Perth Amboy has some Staten Islanders pulling pillows over their heads. The sounds amplified over water via the Arthur Kill from an industrial area in Perth Amboy. The Post reporting it's keeping senior citizens in a Staten Island housing complex awake at all hours. Police in Perth Amboy have repeatedly responded to the complaints of loud parties, cops issuing tickets for noise and motor vehicle violations. Still, the beat goes on. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. A residents down in Chinatown on high alert after a woman was sexually assaulted. Police say a man followed this woman right into her building on Madison Street late Saturday night. He then cornered the woman in the vestibule and forcibly groped her. The victim told cops she did not know her attacker. Neighbors who spoke to Eyewitness News say they are taking extra precautions until a suspect is arrested. Chrissy Travato spoke to ABC7. Try not to walk home late by yourself. Um, you know, always share your location with your friends. Try not to be anywhere by yourself. An investigation is ongoing. Well, there's been yet another attack on an MTA worker. This time, an MTA bus driver was slashed Saturday by one of two irate passengers who could not exit through a closed rear door on that bus and instead had to walk to the front of the bus. One of these two riders exchanged words with the 52-year-old driver at West 133rd Street and Amsterdam Avenue shortly after 11 a.m. Saturday. The rider ended up spitting on the driver and pulled out a yellow-handled knife, slashing the MTA driver twice on his left forearm while threatening to go get my gun. The driver was treated at St. Luke's Hospital for non-life-threatening injuries, and the suspect took off. He's described as about six foot and uh, in his early 30s with a missing tooth. He was wearing a black leather jacket. So far, no arrests. A fire up in the Bronx Sunday afternoon began inside of a parking garage at a Baychester residential building, and it damaged several vehicles inside of that garage and also spread to several apartments. This fire began around 3.30 in the afternoon at 3,300 Palmer Avenue, right off of I-95. Neighbor Giovanni Smith spoke to News 12, the Bronx. I heard that two car caught fire under the garage, and then the fire went up and destroyed some of the the, the buildings. It was it was sort of scary. I was more concerned for the occupants the, of the of the apartments and hope everybody was all right. And the FDNY, in fact, said nobody was hurt. It's unclear what exactly sparked that fire. It remains under investigation. Well, hackers compromised the personal information of millions of American Airlines, DoorDash, Uber, and U-Haul customers last month, with many users going unnotified of the breach, according to U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. The New York Democrats Sunday called on the feds to step up oversight and investigation into the data breaches under the Cyber Incident Reporting Act. That was signed into law back in March. The 71-year-old Schumer said the bill gave the Federal Trade Commission and the U.S. DOJ, the Justice Department, more oversight on hacking incidents. The Chamber of Commerce, the Big Business Association, the 
resisted. They didn't even want to require the companies to report when they were hacked. But that's vital to our nation's security. And so we finally got that through after there was a lot of opposition. So now they have to report it. But, um, but there's still a lot more that has to be done. The bill requires many industries to immediately report hacks and ransomware payments to the feds, but the senator cited reports that note a lack of government-wide information about the incidents, including a September 8th cyber attack out in Suffolk County that paralyzed the 911 system. More than 53 million Americans were impacted by data breaches in the first half of 2022 alone, according to Statistica. Well, Connecticut Democratic candidate facing sharp criticism after accusing police officers of joining the force to beat people up so they could have sex with women attracted to them in uniform. This candidate's name, Christine Maine, who is running for state general assembly in Putnam, told WINY Radio that several officers admitted they signed up for the job because it offered perverted perks. Join the police department. It's a hard job. But if we had more community policing, more people that, you know, were actually friendly instead of combative with citizens, then people would want to join. Uh- and these comments sparked outrage across the state and may even cost her endorsements. This comes just weeks before the election. The Putnam Committee, for example, as well as neighboring Killingy and Thompson Democratic Town Committees have asked Maine to abandon her bid for General Assembly, but the outspoken candidate has thus far refused to do so. Well, even a good thing for New York is turning into some sour grapes. The state is the fourth largest wine producer in the United States after California, Oregon, and Washington, but City vinophiles are hard-pressed to find a homegrown brand on liquor store shelves stacked with bottles from places like Europe, Australia, and the West Coast, a post-inspection found. New York's more than 400 wineries are typically smaller than those from European or California powerhouses, and the products tend to be more pricey and in many cases are not promoted or sold by distributors, according to local sellers. Now, meanwhile, New York regulators have blocked efforts to market and sell regionally grown wine. One wine bar owner had complained. The New York State Wine and Grape Foundation, the trade group for the industry, gets about a million bucks, though, in state agricultural funding a year and roughly $700,000 earmarked for things like promotion and the remainder dedicated to research. Long Island Representative Lee Zeldin, the GOP candidate for governor who represents the winemaking East End of Long Island, said, Policymakers have to totally reimagine how to promote local wine and other beverages by providing tax incentives to market those products. You might remember Sasheen Littlefeather, the Native American activist who refused an Oscar on behalf of Marlon Brando for his role in The Godfather. She has died at the age of 75. Brando won the Best Actor Oscar in 1973 for his role in The Godfather, but then he skipped the ceremony instead asking Littlefeather to appear on stage to refuse the award on his behalf in protest of how Native Americans were treated by Hollywood. Little Feather spoke previously with 77 WABC host Frank Morano. I heard after the fact from Martin Luther King's widow, Coretta King, congratulating me on what I did. Wow. I heard from Cesar Chavez congratulating me on what I did. I heard from my own Native American Indian people and leaders congratulating me for what I did. I knew that I had done the right thing. 
Little Feather's death comes months after the Academy issued an apology for how she was treated during the incident. 77 WABC News Time 529. If you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com.